Hey, it's Illegal Shift. We are live. I'm John. I'm a 911 dispatcher in the field. I'm a fan of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I've got a rich history and a bright future to look forward to. <laughs> Joining me is Jason Kiefer. He's Chief Keefe. He's, uh, he's a lieutenant in the Cincinnati Fire Department. He's been a fire firefighter so long that when he was new, fire was still cold. That's how long he's been a firefighter. Tonight, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff. This is the off-season drama begins. We're going to start in Chicago. We're also going to talk uh, Wednesday-style gender politics because that's exactly what's going to perk you up on a sports show. And then finally, brace yourself for the memory of a miracle. The growing calls across the nation to defund the Defender was just overpowered. Illegal shift on the kicking team. That penalty is refused. First down. Guns up, giddy up, Wolfpack. It's failure to stop. It's your favorite podcast on earth. It's the Thursday show. This is the one where we talk about sports. Why do we talk about sports? Well, because on Monday you got your comedy, right? Got to recover from a hard Monday with comedy. Tuesday, you get your true crime. Now you're invested in your week. Wednesday, you need to figure out what the hell's going on. And then by the time you get to Thursday, it's like, well, it's sports time. To be honest with you, uh, if you look at the whole of Failure to Stop, it's a lot like your 11 o'clock newscast. And I'm thinking, Jason, I guess, you know, you and I are co-equal stakeholders in this. Uh, what do you think about, like, transitioning over to weather next week like what would you think about that oh i like it i like it we can get we can get the the nor'easters you know that the come in screens yeah absolutely we got eric tansy in the chest tonight we got david oh, j boy Faulkner, as always guess what guys this is one of your favorite things that we're going to do on the show it's a college show the phone line is already open 757-231-6916 that's 757-231-6916 you can call me about anything but we are talking about sports tonight before we get started uh Keyford, it's been a week since we last checked in with you, uh, avoiding talking about all the true horrors that consume your life. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Glad to be back again. This is this is always fun. I look forward to this. You and I have talked about like how after the football season is that that position between Christmas and New Year's, and but we've got baseball coming up, so not enough going on spring training yet to really report. But uh, we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit all the things. But we I think we got a good plethora. Of we do. We, we have we have that. we you and I have emails and texts that we share back and forth of about everything that we're gonna talk about on the show. But the key the key is over this crucial period between when the Super Bowl is over and when and when uh, first of all when spring football starts or when baseball starts, pacing yourself right. Like we can't do it all at once. Correct. You know. So we have to do, decide the best things. I wanted to talk about uh, what's going on in the NFL uh, because there's one domino that once falls is going to determine the rest of the offseason. I'm talking, of course, about the fate of Justin Fields. If you don't know who Justin Fields is, uh, he's the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Why is he? Why does he matter? Why is he the linchpin for everything? Well, first of all, you got to understand some background. The Bears have not had a good quarterback since about 1946 with Sid Luckman. <laughs> When Sid Luckman was the quarterback for the Bears, like uh, 
the field was over a mile long. Uh, the football was actually made out of concrete and it was packed in horse hide. Uh, every football team had over a hundred stout men on it. And, uh, and a, a touchdown was worth just one point in those days. So it was a different game when, when Sid Luckman was playing. They have had terrible luck in Chicago of, of being one of the most notable teams to never, ever, ever have a quarterback. Case in point, this is what they're getting forward. This is what they're getting made fun of in recent years. They could have had Patrick Mahomes. If you're paying attention at all to sports, you know that Patrick Mahomes is sort of this, uh, he's sort of the modern Michael Jordan of football. And I, is, is that fair or not? I don't know. Uh, I'm not, neither one of us are big Patrick Mahomes fans, but everyone is sort of saying, you, how good are you compared to Patrick Holmes? Mahomes. He's sort of leading the way. He just won his second Super Bowl back-to-back. Mitch Trubisky, of course, has faded away into memory. He is the guy that, that Chicago got instead. He went to the Steelers, sat on the bench for a while, got some play because things got difficult and bad down there. And uh, now I don't know where the hell he's going. But did he, did he spend a little time at Buffalo? I can't remember the, the, the history of Mitch Trubisky. But anyway, so they got Justin Fields. Uh, his first season was not spectacular. Uh, I think some people got fired over that season. This past season, uh, he started off the season with like a broken or or damaged thumb. So it's like he started the season on kind of a rough footing. I can't can't remember if that was dislocated or broken, but yeah. Yeah, he started off in a rough, very rough. Started off with a fucked up thumb. Uh, His first game against the Packers was like a compelling outing. That was like the only Bears game that I saw this year was the first one against the Bears. Here's the problem. So his second season is definitively better than his first one, and he's still so new that you really can't say if Justin Fields is going to be great for the Bears or not. They've just had a huge regime change there. Their ownership has changed over. Uh, They're not their ownership, but their general manager has changed over. And so the new people who are in charge want to kind of put their own brand on the Bears. They don't want to be like failing with like the last guy's players, right? Like you want to you want to make the team your own. But every offseason, quarterbacks being kind of considered the most valuable player on the field, there's sort of a carousel, right, where everyone needs players to go somewhere and everyone starts shifting around. Like when Boston Joe was on two weeks ago, he talked about Justin Fields and how much he wanted him to come play for the Patriots because he believes that Justin Fields can thrive in a different system outside of Chicago. That's often very much the case where a quarterback will thrive in a certain system and they will not do well elsewhere. Um, and it's the belief that Justin Fields is talented enough and getting better enough and has enough of a future that he still has some value if traded. Here's here's what's essentially the problem. The Bears, who have never, ever, ever had a good quarterback and don't know what to do with one if they found one, like a dog chasing a car, uh, they are now in a position to make the number one overall draft pick with Caleb Williams. And let, me, let me ask you this. Let me interrupt you real quick. You interrupt me for a while. I'm going to take a nap. Go ahead. <laughs> do, do, Jim McMahon was a pretty good quarterback for the Bears. One season. Then he went on to win a Super Bowl with the Packers after that, forever Correct. taking his legacy with the Bears. So yeah, Jim, Jim, I just wanted to make sure I hit that. <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to overlook Jim McMahon. He was great. He did get concussed a lot. He had the greatest not... sunglasses ever. He did. And I he thought also... he was blind, actually. Yes. Well, it was also, well, I don't want to speculate what that might have been covering up. It might have just been covering up the 80s style because it was really cool. But <laughs> let's not kid ourselves about what the 85 Bears were. That was a defensive team, right? Like, Correct. And let's also not kid ourselves about the 85 Bears. Walter Payton could cover a multitude 
of sins because he's probably one of the greatest running backs ever to play the game. And uh, just Mike Singletary, lots of guys on that team that are Hall of Famers. The refrigerator th- Perry. Fridge Perry, right. I think oh, almost shit. Fridge Perry, if you don't know Fridge, the story of Fridge Perry, but basically he got to go in and win the game. And I, we, Fridge Perry gave, gave hope to a generation of young men like me saying, if you are fat and no one <laughs> likes you, you could score the Super Bowl winning touchdown. And I think to this day, you could go to his website and he will still, he does birthdays and things like that. He will still show up for that. So, and the fact that you're seven foot tall and weigh like 120 pounds, you have to go in the fat, the fat realm makes me giggle. Me? Are you saying me? Yeah. You're like Dude, a I'm bean too, pole. You're like I'm a too, bean pole. I'm 250 pounds. It doesn't, you don't, you don't look it. You don't look it's it. All, it's all organs. I'm paying you compliments because you get sad all the time. So I'm giving you a compliment, sir. Thank you. It is what's on the outside that matters most. All of my internal development on my personality and my spiritualism and my mind, all a waste. What's important is the beard and that I look good on the outside. I've been hearing that a lot lately. Thank you. I do weigh 250 pounds, though. Um, I'm going to send you pictures after the show of what I looked like. Uh, oh, God. I can't wait to see these. Sophomore year of college because I, I had the meal plan. <laughs> uh, it wasn't good, and I wasn't playing football, so there's no excuse for me to look like a a defensive end at that time there's no well uh, i won't even say that defensive tackle anyway so back to this guy justin fields he's fantastic talent but the the bears are going to be in a position where they need to to trade him sooner rather than later because the more that's found out about caleb williams or other quarterbacks that are moving around in the league uh, the less of a of a viable top option Justin Fields is going to be. Like, suppose Aaron Rodgers just somehow gets out of his contract with the Jets to play the last year of his contract with the Jets, because Aaron Rodgers could probably do that if he just gets on social media and starts saying things. You know, he could probably get out of that. I don't know if the Jets like have like a, a for sure threshold on embarrassment. You know, where they don't want to have Aaron Rodgers representing them anymore. Maybe they do. Um, but uh, he could get out, of, get out of there. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers would create a huge uh, problem for Justin Fields and, and his value. Or like, say, Dak Prescott. He's got a no-trade contract, no-trade clause under contract. They can't even franchise him. But suppose he, even he says, like, I don't believe in the Dallas Cowboys and the ability to give me a Super Bowl. Like, it would be a crazy thing for him to say because, like, there's a lot of talent on that field. And uh, the things that are going wrong, I don't think, are necessarily related to other players there. I don't necessarily think they're related to Doc Prescott. Anyway, as more and more players hit the open market, Justin Fields is going to come down. Now, here's the drama. Justin Fields just going on vacation, and he's unfriending everyone on social media. He's unfriending the Bears. He's unfriending the NFL. Yeah, the NFL, totally. (laughs) This is something that has always flummoxed me in my life because it's like when I unfollow someone, or like recently when I quit Facebook, like I got Faulkner, you're like, messaging me all the time like why aren't you on facebook even jill uh no offense to jill but like jill thought that i blocked her it's like <laughs> i she shed a, a couple more than a couple tears over that and it's just like um social media social media is like a binding contract like would you unfriend somebody because like let's just say like in my case like you unfriend someone because you just you don't like what they post or they're bo- or they're boring or irritating or you just want to see less of them in your life you unfriend them it's like a slap in the face. It's like an old timey like walking out with a with a little glove and do, d- challenging them to a duel, right? 
So he's unfriended them and he's got on some sports shows and he says, you know, I'd rather know sooner than later, which we all want to know, right? Like we all want to know like what's going to happen to us. Well, what's yeah. going on with our job? Why, the, why would the, you not want to know like what your fate is going to be? And it's, and, and I'm not trying to jump over your, your monologue, but the fact that he's like, I'm good with staying in Chicago. Just let me know. Like, if this is where you want me, then I'm here. I mean, he he had a he had a very good back end stretch. Once he got healthy, he he did pretty well. I think he could have done better. Um, I'm I'm a Justin Fields fan because I'm a Buckeyes fan. He did very well for Ohio State when he got drafted by Chicago. I was like, oh, this poor fucker. Like, I mean, literally, Chicago was Chicago. To your point earlier. Of, they haven't had really good quarterbacks, but they also haven't built a really good team around anybody. So it's like, it's one of those, you feel bad. You're like, oh, and, and we we went through this in Cincinnati where anybody we got, I was like, I guarantee you that guy on the draft, you know, on the draft stage is like, oh, I'm the number one pick. I'm going to the Bengals. Oh, son of a bitch. Do you think Caleb Williams doesn't necessarily want to go to the Bears? Because even if they... There's a couple different scenarios that play out here. I think the number one thing that that the Bears should do, if you were me, don't trade Justin Fields, draft Caleb Williams, get them both in the building. Uh, when you're looking at draft prospects, a lot of that can be, you know, the combines coming up. Um, a lot of a lot of it could be like horse trader talk, where like you know, so and so believes this about them, but like I think you have to get someone in the building, like to fully understand if they're going to fit in your organization and culture. I'm sure that they've gone out and they've already talked to him, right? The bears organization has all these people um, who go for the draft. They try to, they try to make this like a, a good arrangement. So they, you know, case in point, like John Elway told the Baltimore Colts, he did not want to play for them. You know, the Colts knew that. And then they drafted him anyway. And if you don't know the story of Elway being drafted by the Colts and then traded to the Broncos, it's one of the most infamous uh, football stories of all time. Uh, but that also happened too with like Eli Manning getting drafted by the San Diego Chargers, and then like thanks to uh, Manning power, he, he winds up in New York. So you know, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Like there's some kind of dialogue between uh, Caleb. Caleb Williams and the Bears to see if it's a good fit, but I think they should get up both in the building. And if you if you draft Caleb Williams, this would be nuts to do this, but it's just like you can trade Caleb Williams after you do this. And yeah. I think I think if you go ahead and draft, you know, you're not you're not passing on your draft choice to some other team. You can control where Caleb Williams goes, exactly. right? Like it, suppose exactly you just right. suppose you traded the draft pick, right? And then someone else did some trading, and some other trading goes on. And all of a sudden, the Packers or the Vikings or the Lions wind up like in a very advantageous position, like whatever happens. You take Caleb Williams. He's a known quantity in terms of his value. Like they protect him to go first overall. You go ahead and draft him first overall. And then you can decide. And if you're the Bears, you're going to be smart. And you're going to make sure that he pretty much to the extent that you can, that he winds up in the AFC, right? You know, so he doesn't have any chance for blocking your, your progress to a Super Bowl. You know the Bears have enough blocking them as it is. They don't need <laughs> they don't need Caleb Williams winding up in the NFC North. Uh, you know, particularly when you know the Lions. Let's face it, Jared Goff was kind of a temporary solution. I guess they're going to double down on him. They love Jared now. They have the whole he went to Jared signs that they don't want to throw away. They want to be able to use that next year. Shock, uh, shock the shit out of me. Shock yes. the shit out of me that he did as well there. 
because like a temporary solution is a that should be the t-shirt for him yeah that's what Tem- i thought it was temporary solution but you know he also had gone to a super bowl so he right. was also sort of a known quantity nothing against jared goff really because you know but he, was going to the, he was going to the fucking lions right yeah which well i mean his but but you know he had no more he had no more love left at the rams either the rams were ready to part ways but anyway so jordan love obviously uh seems to be the heir apparent to aaron Rodgers. so i don't think the packers are really a threat to pick up caleb williams vikings are kirk right now uh kirk cousins we have no idea what's going to happen to him no idea if he's going to get another deal. He's going to be extended. He did get injured. Looks like we have David calling. I'm going to put David Ooh. on the line. Call from. It's from David. Jones. To accept, press one to send a voice. Hey, David, you're on the line. Hey, John. Hey, Keeper. How's it going, you guys? Good. What do you think about Caleb Williams and nothing else? I I don't believe Caleb Williams is a good prospect. I really don't. Tell me why. Because you're looking at Jaden Daniels. You got Jaden Daniels in this class coming up. Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman. He's had a great season. Caleb Williams had a horrible season. You know, you look at Drake May. Drake May, great QB coming out. He's got plenty of talent to take over and help Justin Fields in the area. You know, start going down the list, you know, you and you start seeing all these prospects, and you're just like, why is everybody stuck on Caleb Williams? Just because, I actually, what, two year, you know, two years ago he got the Heisman? I actually like that. I like the Drake May option because that would be good. Justin Justin can can kind of nurture him and and show him. And then if they do decide to to move away from Justin Fields, I think with with Drake May's football IQ, I think he actually could be be very very good. It still doesn't oh, it doesn't change the dynamic in Chicago though. Really, the the thing is is you have to you have to stand pat with Justin Fields as your quarterback, or you have to take an unknown quantity, whether it's Drake May or Caleb Williams, someone in the draft. Uh, let's face it. I mean, like, you know, for for every Peyton Manning out there, there's a Tim Couch, right? There's a Ryan Leaf. There's a Jamarcus Russell. There's, there's these guys that have been huge prospects. And then, you know, if they're, if they're Ryan Leaf, uh, they end up, oh you know, God. Not watching tape. If you're Jamarcus Russell, they end up being addicted to codeine. If you're Johnny Manziel, then you're an alcoholic and you're never, you don't even practice. Kyler Murray playing Call of Duty. Yes, Kyler Murray playing Call of Duty instead of playing (laughs) for the Arizona Cardinals. So, but so it doesn't, so whether, I mean, you could switch, swap out Drake Bay if you want, but it's like they're still in the same place. So they have to decide are we going to take this draft pick or are we going to pick a quarterback and then control his destiny or, you know, you almost, Kiefer and, uh, you know, David, you can answer this question too, but do you almost want to breed a quarterback competition? Sometimes that brings out the best in people. You know, maybe if Justin feels like he has a little bit of heat from the new guy or you really can't assess both talents and see which one's better better to go. On the other hand, uh, historically, uh, a two-quarterback system, you know, where, uh, where you're swapping out, going back and forth. I know this is kind of a, a callback, but it's like, Roger Staubach and Craig Morton, you know, that was at the time that that that, that was uh, going to be a good idea. And then, you know, it fell apart. And uh, we don't know a lot about, like, the personality stuff in there. But the fact that Craig Morton's well known for playing for the Broncos than he is for the Cowboys kind of says a lot. So do you want to breed that controversy by bringing in whether it's Drake May or or any or any other quarterback for, for that matter? Or are you going to try to get him out of the building? Or are you going to get rid of Justin Fields? Well, I, think so part, could, I, think, I think part of it is, is 
Justin already feels like he's kind of getting pushed out of the building. He just wants to know. And so, yeah, that, that, that sea of uncertainty that he's swimming in, he's like, I want to go compete. And if you don't want to compete with me, then send me somewhere where I can go compete. When you bring in, when you get that, that, you know, that number one draft pick and and you pick that quarterback, it does throw even more shit into, into the mix of, is this kid coming in to take my job? And and Justin Fields is still a kid. He hasn't been in the league that long, but what, what are you breeding? What morale are you breeding in the locker room? Who's actually going to be the leader? And that makes it tough. David, what do you say? And that goes back to, I mean, it goes back to Justin Fields. You know, what did he need the first year he was with the Bears? He needed wide receivers. He played with, you know, Alave and everything out of Ohio State where they were fast. They had speed. And unfortunately, when he got to the Bears, he had no wide receiver with speed and he needed it. Then they gave him wide receivers who had speed. And then he, the O line started collapsing on him a little bit more. So, I mean, it, I think it's a work in progress for Fields. I think if he does go to another team, it wouldn't be bad for him. David, where do you, where do you uh, see him winding up? Did you see him with the Patriots yeah. or elsewhere? I think it would depend on it would depend on the team of who they're going to draft and everything else like that. Because um, you, I mean, you look at the draft class who just came in, and you look at um, these QBs that were phenomenal their first year. Or you look at Mr. Irrelevant and how well he did, what, two years in? You know, I mean, for some people, I mean, a two-QB system works. I mean, I know Michigan with, with Harbaugh, two-QB system works. But college, two college is a little different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, case in yeah. point, case in point, Michigan has over a thousand players signed to their squad. So it's like, you're bound to have a couple of them that are quarterbacks, but I just want you to take a hot take so that later I could either say you're a hundred percent right or a hundred percent wrong. Uh, so yeah. which, right which team wrong, is right or wrong. You just say I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. That's more or less what's yeah. happening to you. So go ahead and take your hot take. I mean, this is your chance to also like totally call it. It's February 22 today. Uh, you know, what are you saying? Where, where's everyone going to wind up? I want you to call out the rest of the offseason from here. Think about it as a parlay. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, the rest of the offseason? Jeez. Well, the, you can, we like can next, go week by week, week but, 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 but call this one. Call, the, call this one today. Yeah, man. Oh, today? Oh, jeez. I, I know the Bears are going to do it. I know the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams. They're probably going to drop Justin Fields, unfortunately. But Justin Fields is going to have plenty of prospects at some of the other teams. Fields I mean, to the Titans. That's what I think. You know. No, no, I, I think, don't think that. No, think Jason Fields said that the before Oilers. the Fields show. The Oilers. <laughs> the Oilers. <laughs> the <Jason>, Oilers. <laughs> they're going to bring back the Oilers. Jason, uh, what do you think is going to happen to Fields? My 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 bet, my pick is he he goes to the Steelers. Really? And him and Pickett will be vying it out. A year year apart drafted, they will be vying it out for who's starting it with the Steelers because they so just basically got... you think whatever happens to Mitch Trubisky is what is exactly what's going to happen to Justin Fields. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, just on a different timeline because I I do think Trubisky was in Buffalo for a little bit, but they they basically have a lock destiny. In other words, that's what's going to happen. You watch. 
All right, David, uh, thank you for calling in. I know that you've Thanks, been waiting all day, all day for failure to stop. <laughs> I also want to, con to congratulate you on uh, the end of your command. Uh, for those of you that don't know, David is in charge of the USS Walter Mondale, which is a laundry ship based out of uh, Pacific Command over there where they're doing a lot of Marines laundries. Uh, it's unusual for an enlisted man to be given uh, command of, of a barge of that size, but David such, is just a caliber sailor. Yeah, uh, so it was either the barge or the ice cream ship, and uh, they said I didn't know uh, anything about dairy. So, yeah, uh, well, you're lactose intolerant. We heard so. You stole the joke better. for me. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't believe I just made fun of someone uh, who is serving our country and has done it for 17 years. And I have like, I'm like not even a good driver. I don't offer anything to this country. David, thank you, and. Uh, uh, I, I will go practice salutes in the mirror after the show so that I can give you a proper one someday. So that by the time you retire in like three years time, I will be like the perfect angle and sharpness and, and all that. So I'm going to go work on it after this. Thank you for calling in, bud. All right, John. All right, Giver. I love you Come forever. Bye. Love you. Love you. So like uh, I did meet David uh, at our failure to stop meetup uh, last hey, April. Keeper, do you remember that? It's, I can't believe it's coming up on a year. I know. So much has changed, you know. I've uh, apparently put on like seventy pounds, in your opinion. So, <laughs> well, I was drunk the whole time. So you you were actually what was funny. Here's a here's a fun story just to cleanse the palate between this and our next uh, fun topic of fun conversation about the fun of sports. Uh, I get to town and uh, I am not doing well. I'm I was like very 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 ill. I was not feeling good, and I also had some things to do in North Carolina because like my family's from there. So. We were in Clayton, and I had to go over to Goldsboro, which is like this whole other town. And uh, so I drive over there because I like got to like visit some graves and stuff. Anyway, so like Jason like won't stop calling me, and I'm like, you know, I'm in this grave laying flowers down. And he's just like, "Are you gonna come party with us or what?" And I'm just like, "Yes, I'll be there." Quit being a loser. Quit being a loser. He said, and like his tears are streaming down my cheeks, and I'm like trying to like not tell him like my personal business. But then I finally just tell him, like, man, I'm not going to make it or whatever, knowing full well that I was, like, already, like, blocks away. And he's just like, oh, well, I don't understand the fucking point of you coming out here and to meet me and hang out with us if you're too good to meet me and hang out with us. But whatever, man, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever to you, strange person. And then, like, yeah, I'm in the I'm in Tansy's, um, you know, uh, little kid studio where he where he spends a lot of time creeping around. I'm already in there. <laughs> when Dancy, when uh, jason comes in and he like grabs me from behind so and then what 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 took place after that was about a good 48 hours of uh of fun um, debauchery it, you know it wasn't even that debaucherous you know maybe you guys did some more debauchery after like i went down to the hospital because i really was sick like i went and, i went down and got an iv and, and some things like that and, and uh some interferons and things like that uh so, well, if I'd have known that, if I'd have known that, I'd have brought the supplies. I could have, we could have done it right there. You, you would have done you, you. Well, you know, you say you're a paramedic, but I mean, I guess that would have been the ultimate test of that, right? You know, um, we could have. Yes, Kiefer is the most compassionate man. I don't know if that's meant in jest or not, Jill. I don't know because you, you probably like him more than me, but like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Thanks. On to the next. Onto the next topic. Again, the phone line is open. If you want to call in about this, this is going to get oh, you. Oh, what angry. the fuck? Allegedly. What's that mean? Allegedly. Are you, are you addressing Jill? Because I can't. Yes. 
Okay. I just I saw know. it. Okay. Allegedly. We don't know. We don't know how we don't know how compassionate you are. So here's a here's a story. Uh this is out of um Lowell Collegiate College in Massachusetts. Kiefer, you sent this one to me. Did you want to set up uh what it is we're about to see here? This uh travesty of sports and this uh and not, not to yeah move move the sports show into a political show, but this is this is a a transgender person playing high school basketball with a full beard, mind you, and literally just completely wrecked like three other girls on this team on the the opposing team. And I don't know. I don't know if we can. I don't know if you're allowed. We're allowed to show the video. Or I'm going to show it because uh, the world needs to see. I what, like taking the chance. I love it. What a joke this is! Um, it's it, it, it's so ridiculous. It, it just with any again politics aside. If you if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. If you are transgender or you know making that transition, I get it. Like that's fine. Make your choice. Do your do your thing. But. That was you, very compassionate of you. I don't know that I would have said that, but keep going. But when when you are two, three times the size of the people that you're playing against or swimming against or you know, wrestling against or whatever, when I saw this video, this dude just like ravaged <laughs> these girls. There were three girls that were hurt in this in this, I think it was it was a high school game. I think it's I think it's collegiate, but I think one's a charter school, so it's like it's not traditional college. But I'll just read the article from the Toronto Sun if you don't mind. Like, let's tell the whole story, Uh, especially since like um, we're we're kind of if you don't mind a a joke, we're doing a a heat check on American society here. Did I get it right? Did I use that? That's a basketball thing, right? A heat check. Heat check. We don't. Okay, I used it wrong. This from the Toronto Sun: Girls' hoops team forfeits. They forfeited the game after injuries mount against trans opponent. This direct all hate mail to Dan Balicki from the Toronto Sun. This is not me reading. It was published February 20th, just a few days ago. A girls high school basketball team. You were correct as always, Keith. I'm sorry. In Massachusetts, forfeited the game earlier this month after seeing a player allegedly suffer, which we don't, their sufferings alleged. Allegedly suffered injury while competing against a biologically male opponent who identifies as female. According to the New York Post, the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell in Massachusetts forfeited its February 8 game against Kip Academy at halftime after seeing three players suffer injuries in the first half of the game. Coach Kevin Ortons reportedly made the decision to prevent his roster from being further depleted with the playoff game just four days later. So question from the get-go is you got a you got a playoff game coming up that you need to preserve your roster for. Why are you even going to take the court on this one? And I'm going to ask more questions in this vein later. Kip was leading the game 31 to 14, as you would well imagine, since they have something of a ringer on their team. But it will go down in the record books as a 10 to 0 victory, which I have no idea why a forfeited game would have a score attached to it in the record books. I guess I don't get it. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter either. Fox News reporter, or they reported that Kip Academy has a biologically male player on its roster who identifies as female. Well, Massachusetts outlet, the Daily Item, reports that Kip officials refuse to confirm the player's gender identification. Again, he is six feet tall. 
He has a full-grown beard. He looks he, like John. He puts my beard to shame, yes. The unnamed player, which I guess, you know, if he's under 18, he or she or there, whatever, you know, I'm just throwing that out there so that no one can accuse me of anything. The unnamed player is six foot and has facial hair, according to Fox News. And, uh, you know, Kiefer, like, we've both seen females with facial hair. That's a thing, right? <laughs> like, in a, like in a pre-woke world, we used to have, uh, you know, uh, ladies who are older, hormonal problems. They got a little, you know, five o'clock shadow. Um, like, Grandma, you need to go shave. You need to go yep. shave. Grandma's got to shave. And then, like, <laughs> here's the really rough part. Like, but in, like, the 1880s. You know, the original circus had a bearded lady. You know, I don't know. I'm just a historian. I'm not a modern political sex politics commentator. The video of the play in question uploaded to YouTube by Inside Lowell. The kit player wrestles the ball away from the Lowell player on a rebound, sending the girl to the ground. The Lowell player is then seen holding her back and needs and needs help to get to her feet. So she's like. He like fucking twists her up and car accidents her, you know, with his massive family biceps. Oh, he smoked her. We'll play it for you in just a second here, folks. Kyle Pelzar, the athletics director for Lowell, told the Daily Item that Kip Player didn't have anything to do with the decision to forfeit, which none of us believe. No, and Coach Ordens knew going into the game already because we had them at home the first game of the year and nothing happened then. So he knew going into the game. Well, I don't believe he was surprised. I don't think he was surprised at all. Right. But but when this dude's like taking out your team and you have playoffs to think about, then yes, then that player definitely does figure into it. Because otherwise, like the odds say, well, three of our players have just been wasted by one of their players. But you don't typically have that many injuries in a, in a basketball game, so we should be fine. You know, like the odds say regressing towards average means we're not going to have more egregious injuries. But however, this, this coach is looking at it. And he's just like, we got the fucking Terminator out there killing all our girls. Like, I'm not going to let this keep going. What, what could go wrong when George comes out of, I mean, Georgina comes out of the locker room? Yes. I, yeah, exactly. Lowell said in a statement that, he, that, that its remaining players feared getting injured and not being able to compete in the playoffs. So the girls were afraid. They're afraid to go up against him because he's going to fucking throw them on the floor. The statement also said the school reiterates its values of both inclus inclusivity and safety for all students. So just so that no one gets mad about either school, we're all saying <laughs> that we all love inclusivity and we all love safety, even though sometimes these things are mutually exclusive. We love both of them. These schools are somehow managing to say. As the a clip dude has caused WWF belt. Over yes, the, the clip has caused an uproar on social media about trans females being allowed to compete in girls' sports in schools. I don't know almost when to start like my own commentary. Prominent anti-trans commenter Rayleigh Gaines, a former NCAA swimmer, weighed in on social media. So she posts on X, which is formerly known as as Twitter. Trans-identified male player for Kip Academy in Massachusetts injured three girls before halftime, causing a local legit charter school to forfeit. A man hitting a woman used to be called domestic abuse. Well, no, we called it that if they lived together. If it was just a man hitting a woman at a basketball game, it's just technically, a, just technically assault. So I hate to quibble with you, Riley, because like I bet we're on the same side of this issue, but... You, the I, she's she's being a little inflammatory when she says it's a domestic abuse because I don't think that these I agree I agree, I agree with your I agree with your statement there 
I love Riley Gaines, but I do agree with your statement. It's pretty so much who, just assault. Yeah, she says, so who watches this and actually thinks is compassionate, kind, and inclusive? Um, yes, I overall agree with you. I, I could see, uh, I just think that the domestic thing was a little bit inflammatory because it's like, although like me and Jason are pretty pro-simple assault, we're, we're usually not pro-domestic assault. So Correct. Uh, so... Yeah. A couple years ago, this came up where I lived out on the fucking moon. In case you didn't know, that's where I live. Uh, where some wrestlers were going to wrestle uh, on a boys' team, but they were they were biologically female, and uh, you know, changing. I don't know what you're supposed to say. And someone I know just said, "You know what? Either way, you lose. You go in there and you go out there and you wrestle this uh, this girl." And you lose either way because you go out there and you whip her ass. Uh, you're gonna look like you know. Uh, D- did you, you really like? You're, like did you? What's really that? I, it wasn't me. I've never. I've never done anything. No, not you. Just but oh, I see what you're saying. You're being rhetorical. Hypothetically. Sorry, did I've never. Really heard, I've never. Know. I've never heard a firefighter speak rhetorically before. I thought you were just very literal. So right, he's saying, you know, did you really win? You go out there and you whip her ass. Can you claim that that was a fair match where you won because your competitor was a female? On the other hand, you go out there and you decide like, well, you know, this would be a mark of uh, against my honor to go out there and manhandle this woman and defeat and humiliate her at my sport. Now, I don't even know if I could call them the feminists or whatever, but somebody out there is going to say like, well, if you respect your opponent, you'll compete as hard against them as you would against anyone. And like, that sounds like me, right? Like, I don't like the whole jersey swapping thing in the NFL. I think if you respect your opponent, you play harder against them. You don't trade jerseys at the end. We'll save that for another time. But, uh, you know, I think either way you lose because it's just a matter of philosophy of how you look at it. Did you go out there and you kicked a girl's ass or did a girl kick your ass? Or, you know, I, I think you're setting yourself self up for a loss but you know jason i'm not in this position because i don't have kids or anything even approaching kids i don't want to put you on a spot because it's like this is your personal life but it's like you have like a quasi type you know stepdaughterish quasi i don't know your exact situation i've never asked you a personal detail about your life but how would you feel about sending her out there and uh she's playing against like someone like me like suppose she goes out there to play basketball and essentially a younger version of me goes out there and be like what's up you know like how are you gonna feel about that <laughs> so so yeah so so jill jill has a daughter who is who's awesome i i know like i would have a huge this is very weird to me like the transgender thing the transitioning thing is is weird because i do know a female younger, younger lady that wrestles and is a badass and they allow it. I don't agree with it because you just, you know, in the sport of wrestling, I know we were talking about basketball, but in the sport of wrestling, that you are a in very too. precarious positions. You got genitals flying around, flapping in not, each other's faces. I would, I would not agree with that at all. No. Now, luckily Jill's daughter is involved in dance, which has all, all females for now and if a man i wouldn't mind dance, a ballerino by the way because it's not a contact sport it, so if a male wanted to dance i'm fine with that but yeah for her to be in in a competitive you know basketball baseball whatever you need to however you identify as far as like your your 
the way I look at it, right, wrong, or indifferent. I hope we get some really, really shitty phone calls about it because it'll be funny. But how you're born, if you haven't gone through the whole transition and haven't completely changed, then that's that's where you're at. If you're a boy, you're a boy. If you're a girl, you're a girl. When I watched this video, and that's why I sent it to you, I mean, this this dude's huge and literally just wrecked this girl. And with the playoffs four games away or four days away, and, and he wrecked three people, that's a fucking problem. And that Riley Gaines, the Riley Gaines, like when she goes off, you know, obviously she's gotten a whole lot of notoriety. And my co-host on one more and I'm out of here, Dan, you know, with, with the, uh, uh, shit, I can't remember her name now, but the the male that that was swimming against women, he 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 swam like shit against men, but then broke every record as a woman, quote unquote. It's not sportsmanlike for sure, uh, and you know we just need to stop living in some kind of fantasy land where, like, you know, I think it was, gosh, who was it that said this? That the, the to say someone's a trans man or a trans woman is in its construction, it reveals that it's own lie. Because if a, if a trans man is a man, then you wouldn't have to call them a trans man. The fact that you've got to tack that that the you know that prefix on there as trans, it's you're admitting right in the con in the, in the construct of how you're describing the person that there's something other going on. It, it it's it's turned into buzzwords. It's all buzzwords. Yeah, you know, or or you know. The trans. I mean, that's not, I know that's not a word, but you know, you're, we're throwing all of this in front of which high school, in my opinion, when you turn 18, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But high school sports, I mean, a lot of these people are, are trying to better themselves and get these scholarships and whatever. And you're taking that away from, you know what? Wh- whether it's men's sports or women's sports, let's just say, let's just hypothetically say a woman is a better swimmer than a dude, and and transitioned. If if you f- physically transitioned and you're better, then yeah, okay, get it. I get it. But you have people competing for scholarships and stuff, and it's obviously a bigger deal. Men going into into the women, you know, the women's world of, of the sports. Funny how it works out that way a lot, yeah. It's just, I mean, and if you look at like uh, the NFL referees, we never had female referees. Nobody wanted to do it, apparently, I guess. Or it just, it it was a male dominated occupation, but now we have them. Yeah. If you can do the the Bears just hired a running back coach who's a female. And I don't think anyone cares about that. It's not about excluding women, it's about accepting the fact that this guy is physically much bigger and he's a threat. To those, those, and he's girls. not physically a woman. He is not physically a woman, and playing a woman's sport—that's, I mean, that's bullshit to me. Here, here's a way we could solve it if we want to take like the PC way out and uh, solve play it. The, so nobody... play the video. Let everybody see the video. If you, if you I'll can. play the video, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll just first of all, I want to say Tanner in the chat says I would never, and he capitalized that, let my female children play sports with a male child, and a bunch of people are agreeing with him. We are kind of in a safe place echo chamber here to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Here's what you do. Okay. I like I like I like Discord too as well. Argue. I also like it to the extent that I'm required to by this podcast. Uh, <laughs> here's what you do. Here's what you do. Okay. So you want to have 
intramural sports, like in the truest sense, but you know, everyone's just playing everyone, men, women are all playing each other. The only way for you to make it okay is weight classes. You got to treat it like boxing where everyone on your team falls within a certain limit. And if you're talking about a basketball team, this is one of the easier ways to implement it. Just saying like, Hey, uh, in our league, all the teams, you know, the maximum height of a female player is safe whatever five eleven five seven you can make it whatever you want i don't know and you could say the maximum weight is and you could actually put it up there but you know um and it doesn't mean that you're not going to occasionally get a biological male in there but at least they're not someone who's going to like throw this girl to the ground case in point let's go ahead and watch uh i'm going to try adding this to uh the stage i've never done this before uh but i'll, I'll try to do it here so here we have this is what you call a basketball court if you've never seen it before, all the players uh, faces are blurred out because we're talking about juveniles here, but I'll go ahead and play. You can see the, the male is right there in the white center screen, checks her, throws her on the ground, destroyed her hips. She has hip dysplasia now. In all seriousness, she is clearly injured. She cannot get up. This dude walks around, sees her like her, that her back hurts. And like a true gentleman, you know, offers her his hands as, Good sportsman. He tries to help her up. But then look at him. Look at this. Honestly, if I was here, like, how do you not boot that? You just see this dude walking around, beating up this girl. And then, you know, obviously the whistle's blown, play stops, and he's just wandering around. He is head and shoulders above everyone else there, out there. And it is a clear mismatch. It is a, a clear travesty that this should not be going on. This poor girl is hurt. They're obviously a good team if they got playoffs to look forward to. And she's got real pain and suffering there that she didn't have to endure because this guy who is easily two of her threw on the ground and I, and what what i just don't get is that like nobody there at all acknowledges like the insanity of the situation that you have a man out there throwing girls around on the basketball court in my day you know we would have walked away like even the even the, what's, the, what's the most now, liberal leftist, yeah well tried to help her up but then like she didn't want to fucking be helped up by him because he's the one that hurt her you know um even the most liberal leftist would never have allowed this. I remember my government teacher in high school, he was a wackadoo way out far leftist guy. And he would have never, ever, ever gone for this. And I just, I don't know what happened to the world while I was sleeping. And once I moved to the moon and stopped fucking paying attention to things, uh, stopped paying attention to the whole world. I just, I had no idea, but this is, uh, this is something that's going to continue to happen because we, as a society, we don't go to our school boards and just say like, listen, uh, sex politics aside, obviously an issue we can't solve in a school board meeting. We can solve the issues of school sports. And I'm someone that's so far on the outside of this issue, right? I don't have daughters. I don't have sons. But I do know that by and large, women drop out of sports more than men. They have body issues. They have shame issues. They don't deal with competition the same way that, that men do. Their egos are different. Uh, they don't like that, frankly, like they just don't like seeing themselves in the gym clothes. They they go through all this like stuff that's just hard when you're a kid, right? Girls are already dropping out of sports as it is. They're already not pursuing that as a way to access college and a yeah. better life for themselves. And feminists, women out there are already as if you if what you say is true, they're already not being paid as much as men. So why are we not helping that situation by having fewer women go to college or treating uh, women as though they can enter into the into a, a work environment as equals when we can't even have them going on to a, a basketball court as equals when they're they're going to get their ass kicked by a man 
This and, is and, uh and you're wondering, you're wondering, all right, does does the team that we're playing do do they have and I'm gonna say it unfortunately, one of those, like how how do you handle that? How do you how do you prepare as a team for one? Two, mentally, how do you prepare for that as, as a player? Like it, it, it's complete and utter bullshit. Uh, to be honest with you, Keith, like I'm going to lay the onus in some very personal places. It's on the school board. We already discussed that. It's on parents because parents allow this. But I'm also going to say this, and this is uh, this is rude. But it's like if you are on a team and you're going up against another team, you see that there's a player of the opposite sex there. Maybe this is a good time to take a knee and say, I won't compete in this situation because it's not fair. All of our sports need to be fair. That fair play and sportsmanship is the cornerstone of all sports. Yep. And if it's inherently unfair, you don't have to necessarily take a knee in a literal sense, but but protest. Say, I'm not playing this one. I'm not going to show up. That's the only way you can do that is to have individual people of good conscience say, this situation is not okay and I won't participate in it. Does that, does that mean that they're going to have to put themselves at risk? Because they're going to say, well, if I'm not going to go out there and play this game, this could affect my scholarship too. Yes. But all I could tell you is, is like, if any one of us is in chains, none of us is free. Have you ever heard like that old phrase that may, that maybe it really does boil down to the conscience of the individual people. And I, and I get that maybe that's a bit too much for kids who are confused by the situation or being misled by teachers who are being coddled by parents who don't want to be seen as bad parents. They're being cajoled by the government, obviously in Canada and Montana and elsewhere, the government will take you, take your children away if you don't use the preferred pronouns or if you don't assist them in gender reassignment surgery. I get that it's a crazy world that we're all up against, but it's like men and women of good conscience uh, have to say no. And everyone who has a good conscience at some point has to be willing to lay aside their self-interest to say, the system, whatever's in place, is unfair. And you know what? That's how we defeated racism in this country. Is we, you know, we had we had situations that that weren't fair. We had, you know, uh, people in in sports that couldn't access certain things because of their race. Well, people stood up to that. People people laid out individual risk. People said, "No, I'm not going to participate in this." And eventually, the world figured it out. Now we've taken it too far because we liberals, of course, want everyone to think that there's some sort of next civil rights challenge for them to hurdle, and that we still need Democrats to help us do that. Uh, never mind the fact that it was all Democrats who voted for the Civil Rights Amendment in 1964, or never mind that it was all Democrats that had slaves. Skipping <laughs> over that, um, it's it's all pol politics, it's all control. But you know what? When it reaches down into your life, and it re reaches down to your son or your daughter going to college, getting a scholarship, playing a game, you as a parent have to lead the way. And I encourage you, yeah. if you're a young person, if you're Parents 18, when I was. When I was 18, I was a person of conscience, right? Like, it wasn't, like, the most developed uh, sense of right and wrong. Like, I'm still figuring that out. But, like, I knew at, at age 18 when something was wrong. And I and I wouldn't, I would, although I was never an athlete, I would never have taken to the field or the court in a position where I would go up against a woman because I realize it's a no-win situation and it's not fair. That's my piece on it. Keith, it's only fair that I let you, like, you know, say what you want to say on it since it no, was your no, thing. I, I think you had a very poignant you know, pointing point there and parents need to parent and don't, don't allow or make, you know, make your kids have to be this kid that was laying on the, on the court. You don't have to do that. 
it's bullshit. It's bullshit that, you know, somebody else's, that kid's parent was like, oh yeah, this is completely fine. It's good. Don't worry about it. But stand and stand up, stand your ground. I mean, you brought up, you know, the, you know, the civil rights and, and we'll, we'll pull sports in, but Jackie Robinson wasn't allowed to do half the shit that he ended up being able to do, but he stood up, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it, it's, I don't think it's apples and oranges. It's a little different. I don't think it's apples and oranges though, but we're, we're, we're hitting a different time. We didn't live through that time with the Jackie Robinson stuff. But now we're we're living through this this stuff, you know the Leah Thomas's you know, quote unquote Leah Thomas. I, I I still and Dan Carroll would would never call her Leah Thomas. He calls her Larry Thomas. But you know, you swim against a bunch of men and you lose. But then you go to the women's and you break all the records. Like that's just not that's just not right. It's not fair for anybody else. So just parent, just parent have the conversations they're tough conversations to have but sports is a big thing and that's you know pulling this back in i mean kids need sports whether it's whether it's dance whether it's baseball whether it's football wrestling track and field kids need that as they're growing up it gives you that competitive edge to get you ready for when you grow up and you're an actual adult and you are competing for a job or whatever you, you get that camaraderie, or even if it's just you, you know, a single, you know, a dance competition, you have it here to be able to go up against somebody else to get that, that better job or, you know, kill that interview, whatever it is. Sports, sports is the foundation of that. In my opinion, I could be completely wrong, but that's my opinion. I, I don't think you're completely wrong. And I don't think you should pull your punches, Keith. Uh, to be honest, you know, we're, we're shying away from so much intellectual honesty here by saying men and women are the same and they can compete on the same quarter field. Uh, we're, we're in full denial. And I think it's time to, to just bravely and boldly stand up and say, I'm not buying the intellectual dishonesty that, that men and women are interchangeable. They're not. Uh, he, he doesn't fit in. You look at this footage and he's, he clearly doesn't belong there. And what makes me sick is that that guy's parents are probably just saying like, oh, sweetie, don't listen to the detractors. You're as much as a woman as anyone, even though you went out there and kicked three people's ass at a, in a essentially a non-contact sport. His dad was uh, probably like, yeah, that a, that a girl, boy. Hell, fuck, hell yeah. You know, I just, I don't know what you say to that. And, Cause like that girl was hurt and I, and I feel so bad for seeing, seeing her get laid out like that entries are never are never good but like when it was something that was totally unavoidable because this is a this is a clown world that we're living in uh it really makes me mad um but something that makes me happy is our sponsors go to ghostbed.com use the offer code wolfpack this is a company that makes mattresses and various other things to go on your bed so if you are sleeping at night one thing you could do to make your life better and your sleep better is to take care of yourself Go to ghostbed.com. Use the offer code Wolfpack. You can get up to 40% off using our offer code. Just uh, use that in the checkout. If you see a better deal there, just put uh, failure stop or Wolfpack there. What happens is, is they, they they take note of that. And then they realize that this podcast is a good place to advertise. What happens is they send money to me and Kiefer. We're saved from another week of slavery. We get that money. We keep talking about them. But it sleeps so good, it's scary. 
Sleep's so important to you as a first responder or whatever you do. As a sleeping person, you should take sleep seriously. I have promised you many times a lasagna of quality sleep. Christopher Nolan, double baked in, triple layered, sleeping, dreams of being asleep, sleep. Ghostbed can take care of that for you. Ultra, ultra cut, comfortable mattresses, pillows, and everything else going on there. We appreciate you, Ghostbed, for sticking by, failure to stop, and our insane radical views like men and women are different. Standing behind such insane uh, countercultural ideas since long before failure stop became a thing. I don't think that Ghostbed's going to be upset by anything that I've said tonight because they've stood by Eric Tansy for a number of years. So, but in I all normally, seriess, I normally ju don't jump in on the you go for it on the sponsors, but Jill and I have ghost, Ghostbed pillows. Mm -hmm. Holy cow! Holy cow! I, I can't stand. I was just out of town. I, you can't stay at being awake after sleeping on one. Well, I didn't. I didn't take. I didn't take my ghost bed pillow with me, like Eric does. But when I got back home, I'm, I'm and this is no bullshit. I'll take a picture of it, put it on Instagram. We have the ghost bed pillows, and they are the bomb. So continue. I'll post the pictures too. I've got a lot of Ooh, pictures and the of sheets. Yeah, sleeping. we got sheets too. A lot of pictures of you asleep. No problem. <laughs> I'll post that as well. So thank you to Ghost Bed. In all seriousness, if I may say one thing. This is a crazy world where you can get canceled for anything. Saying a, a man is a man and a woman is a woman and they never never can they actually interchange themselves and that they're not the same and that they're, uh, that they're different and that they have different roles in life and that either one is created in the beautiful image of God. Uh, you know, that's something that uh, not a lot of advertisers are going to get behind because it's just uh, too ugly of a truth. It's too offensive to tell the truth. Ghostbed hasn't pulled the plug so far. So to Ghostbed, if you're still with me, I appreciate you. Thank you. Also, are you someone that eats? Are you at home? Do you have food? If the answer is no, are you an idiot? Because Factor Meals exists. Go over to Factor Meals right now. Use the offer code Wolfpack50. That's discreet from the Wolfpack offer code that's used at Ghostbed. This is Wolfpack50. You can use this to get 50% off of food right now. Like, just the fact that it's 50% off is a good reason to go over there. Even if you just want to use your Burberry mail and do it for a week, you should be going over there and trying this out. Uh, one of our fans, I don't know if she listens to the Thursday show because I've never heard her mention a sport in her life, but Megan. Megan recently posted to her Instagram story how much she loves Factor Meals and how they have saved her life as a busy college student somewhere in the state of Texas. They can save so much time for you, deliver fresh food, made by chefs, 300 options, delivered right to your house, sent refrigerated, not frozen. You throw that in the microwave or whatever it is you want to do, you're going to get a delicious meal. It's going to perk you up. It's going to help you be a good student. It's going to help you be an excellent firefighter. It's going to help you be a good 911 dispatcher and an even better police officer. Go over there. Use the offer code Wolfpack50 to start 50% off. Have the food brought right to your house. They got breakfast. They got smoothies. Whatever it is you eat, they have an option for you. Even if like you just want like nothing but pasta and brownies, like that's just your jam. Say you want to be, say you say, say you're a very thin person. Say you're anorexic, but you want to identify as fat. Like factor meals can get you there. They can help you transition to fat in uh, one of the most natural ways by eating. So uh, we appreciate factor meals. They support us and all the zany things that we see over here. Please go over to factor meals, use the offer code. Wolfpack 50. That way they know to keep supporting Failure to Stop. Like I said, it saves me and Jason from having to do this for free, which we appreciate. Also, 
The show is also brought to you by One More and I'm Out of Here. Do you Uh-oh. live in Cincinnati? Are you on Earth? Do you like to be entertained? Are you bored? Do you like Kiefer? Listen to One More and I'm Out of Here. It's the show that Kiefer makes. He's always been a friend of the show. He joins us here. That's his show. What do you do? Two shows a week over there, Keith? We try to, yeah. Try to get try to get two a week. Why should you support that? Because it was all the experience that Jason built up on his own and his own enterprising spirit to take and undertake the bold operation of finding out a way to be a podcaster that qualified him to join the likes of me, <laughs> such a pro podcast over here at Failure Stop, that led to us a year later being able to podcast together. So if you are a fan of podcasts and having a good time, uh, do go over there and uh, support uh, one more about it here. You can find Jason on Instagram at jkeefe21. Um, you know, they're they're in a difficult time over there. So they just need uh, likes and views right now. They don't need love and support. They do not need prayers and warm thoughts. They just need your filthy views. So go over there your and watch them. Views. Your filthy likes, your downloads and subscribes. <laughs> we'll, be go- no. we'll, be, we'll be going live at 5 tomorrow Eastern. On live, live at 5. I wish I had thought of that. It's probably someone else probably said it before you though, right? It was it was just when Dan was available. Oh, but <laughs> I'd like to say it was something clever, but it wasn't. Yeah. Last story of the day, folks. It has been however many years it's check been. Your phone, by the way, check my phone. Is someone calling me? I don't know. No I'm one's just, calling I, me. Oh, you texted that. me pictures of you sleeping. Ugh. Okay, I can see that this uh, the whole testicle Tuesday thing is it's, something it, you're very it's, okay it's with. A ghost bed, it's a ghost bed and read. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't know you had a dog. Anyway. <laughs> Folks, it was February 22, 1980. That's right. Over 45 years ago, because I'm not real good at math. 44 years ago? Did I get that right? Yeah. I think I did. 44 years ago. It was uh, the miracle on ice. The USA defeated the fucking commies four to three. You know, I know what you're thinking. Well, it was actually when the wall came down in Berlin or Chernobyl nuked the rest of the commies or like Rocky Four. The truth is, it was the miracle on ice when the United States defeated the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics four to three. One of the greatest moments in sports history. Although it was a hockey moment, I have to say, I really love this country. It was a great moment. Uh, Jason, you were around back then. Uh, what are your <laughs> same age as me? What are your thoughts on that? The 1980 uh, Winter Olympics in Lake Placid in New York. You know what was what was that like? Seeing uh, the the massive underdog United States team uh, take well, down take take them down for a, a gold medal. Uh, but as I, as I just got done finishing my bottle, um, I I gazed at the TV and I was like. Go USA, USA. Now it was literally that that because I was it was 1980 and I was probably maybe nine months old. But were you literally alive in 1980? I'm sorry, you are not the same age as me. You are considerably older. I was born in November 10th, 1979. Oh geez, I missed your birthday. I'm sorry. Happy birthday, loser. Mine's in September. You didn't say anything either, so. No, you're right. You you are correct. So, loser. I also have birthdays, idiot. No, I'm just kidding, idiot. No, uh, I, I I have I have watched like the highlights of this though, and the movie, the miracle with Kurt Russell, is one of, in my opinion, in in my 
probably I mean top ten, but probably closer to top five. I can't mm-hmm. say it's in my top five, but it's close. But a great movie to watch. Falling, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And what would you say is a, a greater uh, moment? I can't remember, I can't remember Herb's last the, the coach. Uh, Herb, uh, shit, can't remember his last name. Great, great movie though. I mean, you want to talk Brooks, about the coach of the United Herb States. Brooks. Herb Brooks. Yep. And seeing a picture of Kurt Russell as a character, and then Herb Brooks, you know, in real life. They casted it perfectly, and you need that feel-good movie. That's the one. You, that's the one you got to watch. And then if you watch any of the highlights, you know that hit ESPN or you know Netflix has you know specials on it. To literally watch like the actual footage was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, you know, um, I wrote a little piece on it. This is by me and not by like say Wikipedia, but this is how they describe the third period, which weirdly in hockey does not have a fourth period i guess and what many americans considered the longest 10 minutes of their lives the soviets trailing for the first time in the game attacked ferociously moments after their goal one of the other russians fired a shot which ricocheted off the right goal post as the minutes wound down brooks kept repeating to his players play your game play your game as well as poise and control Instead of going into a defensive crouch, the United States continued to play offense, even getting off a few more shots on the goal. The Soviets began to shoot wildly, and Sergei Starikov admitted they were, we were panicking. As the clock ticked down below a minute, the Soviets got the puck back into the American zone. Mikhailov passed to Vladimir Petrov, who shot wide. The Americans fully expected Tetnov to pull the, pull the goalie in the waning seconds. To their surprise, Myshkin stayed in the game. Sarikov later explained, we never did six on five, whatever the fuck that means. Not even in practice. Titnikov just didn't believe in it. Craig kicked away Petrov's slap with 33 seconds left. Kurt Karlamov fired the puck back. The clock ticked below 20 seconds. A wild scramble for the puck ensued, ending when Johnson found it and passed it to Ken Morrow as the United States tried to clear the zone, which means move the puck over the blue line which they did with seven seconds remaining. The crowd began to count down with just seconds left. Al Michaels of football fame was calling the game for the American Broadcast Company, along with former Montreal Canadiens goaltender Ken Dryden. They picked up on the countdown in the broadcast and delivered the most famous call. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Silk. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! As his team ran all over the ice in celebration, Herbrook sprinted back to the locker room and cried like a little baby. The Soviets players calmly watched from their blue line, waiting for the customary post-game handshake, but some of the players later admitted, having become so used to winning, they lost the joy of it and found the American celebration to be fascinating to watch because in Soviet Russia, games lose you. And in the locker room afterwards, players spontaneously broke into a chorus of God bless America. Definitely one of the great moments in the history of sports. I'm not a hockey guy, uh, but it, you should go out there and watch Miracle. Very good movie. If you like uh, if you like movies uh, that are inspiring sports movies, uh, you should go out there and watch. This past weekend, I had the choice of either watching um, some fucking Nicolas Cage movie where he's in retirement in like Cuba or something or Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings is not the same as Miracle, 
but uh, it is an inspiring sports movie. And, it uh, is a great geez, movie. It is a great movie. It's a Disney movie from before Disney was woke. You could just show it to your kids and like the worst swear word in the movie is like, damn. Like at one point they're like, you've got to be a damn man. And that's it. You know, you can show your kids. It's a good time. Uh, Doug E. Doug is in that movie. It's from before, you know, he became not a cool guy anymore. Um, John Candy's still alive. One of John Candy's final films. It's, it's a must if you're a fan of John Candy. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. Go out there and watch it. We thank you, David, for calling into the show. We appreciate everybody out there in the Wolfpack. Thank you for sticking with the legal shift. I know it's not your favorite show of the week, but it's it's the show I have the most fun on. And I say that just despite Kendra, and I can say that because she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of my own self, thank you to me, John, for doing the show, even though you're tired. And Kiefer, thank you as always for showing up, being a good counterpoint to me. To appreciate you. You can always catch Kiefer at jkeefe on Instagram. Send him a message. Send him pictures of you being asleep because apparently that's socially acceptable. And uh, <laughs> check out One Morning Out of Here. They're live at 5 on Friday. Uh, we love all you guys. Thanks for uh, supporting Failure Stop as always. Tomorrow, Friday, Tansy will be here at 11 o'clock in the morning uh, to do a big case breakdown. Check that out. Catch you next week. Guns up. Giddy up. Giddy up. Good night, America.